Hey, baseball fans, welcome to the Wenatchee Apple Sox podcast with your host, the voice of the Apple Sox, Joel Norman. Well, the second game of the three-game series between the Apple Sox and the Port Angeles lefties goes to the home team as the lefties pick up a 5-3 triumph against the Apple Sox. And Wenatchee got into an early hole and had a lot of trouble trying to climb out of it. And it looked like for a little bit there they had a real chance to win this game after a late rally, but it, it just was not enough. Let's get through the scoring of this one as Wenatchee gave up three runs in the bottom of the first inning. Eight men came to the plate for the Port Angeles lefties as they would strike for three runs. Leadoff single by Roberto Nunez. He scored on a two-run homer by Trent Jackson. Chase Taylor singled. And back-to-back outs were recorded, but a hit-by-pitch and a two-out single made it 3 to nothing lefties. After that, Quincy Vassar really settled down. He made his fourth start of the season for the Apple Sox, and for the fourth time this season, he would toss at least five innings in this outing, as his total line was three runs allowed, three earned on five hits, no walks, had seven strikeouts. As he, again, though, he did buckle down. Give credit to him. He really got into a good groove, striking out two in a one, two, three second inning. Master would also punch out two in the third inning and then pick up his final two strikeouts in a one, two, three fifth. Swing and a miss, and it's a three pitch strikeout for Quincy Vassar to open up the second inning. Vassar works fast. He's got the 0-2 count in his favor. Kicks and fires. A pitch that is close on the appeal. It is ruled that Jackson was unable to hold up his swing. And it's a 1-2-3 second inning for Quincy Vassar as he strikes out two of the hitters. Quincy Vassar had a big second inning. The Apple Sox got him a run. Now he's trying to get a three-pitch strikeout to open up the third. And he will as Chase Taylor is unable to hold up his swing. Three pitches to retire Taylor for out number one of this third inning. The 3-2 is swung on and foul tipped into the glove of Nick Putnam for strike three. A big punch out there as Rose is retired for out number two. The 3-2 is swung on and missed for strike three. And he picks up another punch out here. Vassar ended the first inning with a strikeout and now has six in this game as there's one down here in the fifth inning. Vassar trying to go one, two, three through the order. Delivers, swing and a miss on the breaking ball, low and near the knees of Alsip. And that is out number three. It's a one, two, three, fifth inning. Two more punch outs for Quincy Vassar. Weren't really able to get any run support. Swing and a miss for strike three. Three pitches, and Rose unable to connect on any one of them. Seven strikeouts in total for the left-hander from Brewster, and that is a single-game high for him here this summer. That was a good effort from Vassar, but it was not enough. What actually did get one run in the third inning, it was a two-out RBI double by Mason Strong, made possible by a one-out single by Sebastian David. He would steal second, and Strong would plate him. The pitch to Strong is clumped in the air out toward left center field. A long run over for Jackson, and on the fly is unable to secure the baseball. Lost his hat, got a piece of that baseball, but Mason Strong is in the second, bringing home Sebastian David to put the Apple Sox on the board. It's a 3-1 ball game now. Strong hit it high and deep to a tough part of the ballpark. That was the second of two hits in the game for Strong in total. He would reach base three times. And Wenatchee put forth a great rally in the seventh. But before they did that, they had a good opportunity in the sixth to maybe tie it up. Frankie Carney was over at first base with a leadoff walk. 
Ground out, put him to second, and a fly out the center, advanced him to third, but he would get picked off of third base to end the inning. So the tying run was at the plate, and that was, at the time, Josh Williams batting, but they were unable to plate him because Carney was picked off of third to end the inning. In the seventh, Wenatchee put up a really good fight. Josh Williams is retired on a ground out to start it before Kyle Hennington doubled, and Nick Putnam singled to put runners at first and third, and Izzy Lopez doubled in a run to score Hennington on a fly ball that got down. Sox. Dugout making some noise. Lopez skies this ball the opposite way. Backing up and unable to make the play is also. Everyone's going to be safe in the score. Hennington, Putnam will be held up at third. Lopez has to hurry back to second. Now he's in a rundown. Putnam heading home. The throw coming in. He'll go back toward third. Lopez off of the third base bag. Putnam able to slide back into third. And now Lopez is in another jam. Running back over toward third. He will be tagged out. And that out will hold up. But Izzy Lopez gets the job done with an RBI double as he is able to play Kyle Hennington from third on a ball over the head of the right fielder Owen Alsup. The Sox are within one, but the out does get recorded at second base. Now Lopez in a rundown would be retired as he was too far around second base and caught in between second and third. Nick Putnam was not erased on the base pads. He was safe at third in a brief rundown. And then Reed Boyd stepped up and was able to drive him in with the second of back-to-back RBI doubles in that inning for Wenatchee. As this ball is skied out towards center, and Jackson won't get to it. Reed Boyd has tied this game up in the score Putnam. Boyd standing up at second with a two-out game-tying RBI double. It's 3-3 three three here in the top of the seventh inning. Sebastian David drew a walk, but Carney struck out to end the inning. Wadanchi scored two runs on four consecutive base hits against the starter Colby Schuber, who uh, was removed from the ball game after that. That made it a 3-3 game at the time, but the lefties would score two runs in the bottom of the seventh, cashing in on a couple of errors from Carney, and as a result, they would go on to win this game 5-3. So the Apple Sox suffering just their seventh loss of the season. They are 19-7. Want your kid to be part of an Apple Sox game? Consider signing them up to be an Apple Sox bat kid. The Apple Sox are always looking for kids to help grab bats at home plate and supply umpires with baseballs during home games. If your child is at least 10 years old, has a good understanding of the game of baseball, and is available for at least one complete series, then sign them up today. Select a remaining three-game home series on the Apple Sox schedule and email the dates to info at applesox.com to register your kid to be an Apple Sox bat kid in 2023. Wenatchee Apple Sox baseball is affordable family fun. Come out to the ballpark and celebrate their 23rd season and experience some of the best collegiate baseball in the country. The Apple Sox welcome the Kamloops North Paws to town this weekend for the first time since defeating them in last summer's playoffs. Scout night is Friday at 6.35, Military Appreciation Night is Saturday at 6.35, and Chris Jones provides live music after Sunday's 105 p.m. game. Our pregame coverage of the Apple Sox versus the lefties continues with the Apple Sox pregame show presented by Kennedy Real Estate Group. And we're joined now by Apple Sox catcher, sometimes outfielder, Carson Owen, who's done a little bit of everything so far. And Carson, last night you were right behind the plate in your normal position and part of a fun outing. That had to be pretty cool to be on the receiving end of that game that Garrett Gores had 
What was that like working with him? I think it's so easy to obviously give the pitcher the bulk of the credit, but the catchers deserve a big part of that. What was that like working with him all night long? Yeah, definitely. One of my favorite games I've caught all year for sure. Like Gore is absolutely shoved. It was so fun. He struck out 10 batters, I believe, and threw under 90 pitches in eight innings, which is exactly what you want out of a pitcher there. And I had a good game myself. Like I remember maybe five or six drop third strikes that I had to block, keep in front, and you know throw to first. Uh, so that was fun to help Gores out in that situation too. And it was awesome being behind the plate for that game. I'm trying to remember if you had caught him previously. That was his fifth start of the season. Had you had him previously? I have not. That was my first time catching him. So it was a first and last time, I think, because Gores is done after this. So, um, yeah, it was a fun game to be able to catch. As a guy like you, and we've talked a little about this with your, your youth heading into college here, when you're working with a guy like that before, it's your first time, what's that conversation like beforehand? Is it pretty much, you know, how, how does that work? Because I imagine that would depend case to case. Yeah, like I said, uh, I think I said in an earlier interview before, I tell my pitchers, trust me, and I'll trust you. So I'll be calling pitches, but if you want to shake me off, I have 100% trust in you. So um, I'm there calling pitches, and Gores shook me off quite a bit actually last night. Um, but it was it was awesome. It also was messing with the hitters whenever he's shaking. So it worked really well, and we trusted each other, and it worked. I think people sometimes look at a lot of shakeoffs and they think, oh, then maybe there's not a lot of communication right there. Is that something where, like you said, you were intentionally maybe flashing a few things you thought he wouldn't go for just to mess with timing? Definitely. I think uh, there's a few times where I will give him an actual shake sign to throw off the hitter because I think that's one of the most underrated signs in baseball. Like whenever a pitcher shakes, it messes with the hitter's head no matter what. I love doing it. And then also, like I said, Gores was shaking me off um, like on purpose trying to get a different pitch, and that also messed with the hitter. So that helped a lot last night too. 11 strikeouts for Garrett Gores last night as we're chatting with Carson Owen. And those strikeouts he had, all of them were swinging. So was it a case like that because there were so many where they were swinging and missing? It was almost thinking when a guy misses, he probably want, he's ready to get back in there for the next one. You guys thinking, let's give him an extra second and maybe to think about it? Yeah, a little bit. I think all those two strikes, he did a really good job of like digging it into the dirt. So a lot of those kids, they're on swing mode. And I told Gores, I'm like, you don't have to be perfect. An 0-2 count, you can spike a, uh, spike a curveball, uh, spike an off-speed pitch. And that's what he did. And he got swing and misses because all these guys were on swing mode. And so that's how we got a lot of those strikeouts is because he was 0-2, nowhere near the zone. Dig it, I'll block it for you. It worked out really well that way. Carson, tell me about this. Midway through the game, we saw you switch over from batting left-handed to batting right-handed. Are you more of a natural right-handed hitter when it comes to your switch hitting? I've had this chat with Brandon Ponce before, and he prefers the right side. Do you prefer the right to the left, or is it just kind of you want to switch something up in that instance? Yeah, so left-handed hasn't been feeling great for me, and I've always stayed true to hitting righty against a lefty and hitting lefty against a righty. But I was talking to Ponce a little bit and also talked to Coach Darlington, and I was like, what if I just go back to the natural side here and see, see what happens? Just go right on right and see if I can put up a few balls in play because lefty hasn't been doing it for me. And I did uh, put a few balls in play and so got my confidence up. And then BP today was good. So we'll see how I'm feeling. Probably go back to the left. But it's good to just try something else, go back to the natural side for a little bit. And so, yeah. No, it makes sense. Awesome. Well, Carson, thank you for the time. Best of luck here tonight. Of course. Thank you so much. The 2023 season is underway. And new this summer is the Apple Sox 10-game Flex Pack. For just $60, this new ticket pack includes 10 general admission punches. You can use them all at once or spread the tickets out over the course of the season. The best part is that the 10 tickets can be used for any of the Apple Sox 31 home games. Apple Sox 10-game Flex Packs are a great way for families to purchase tickets to multiple games, even if they don't know which game they want to go to yet. 
Head over to applesocks.com and purchase your 10-game flex pack for a value of $6 per game today. Did you know that 20 former Apple Sox players have advanced to play in Major League Baseball? This past April, Cincinnati Reds right-handed pitcher Casey Legamina became the 20th former Apple Sox player to make his Major League debut. You might recognize a few other names from across Major League Baseball. Marco Gonzalez of the Seattle Mariners, Drew Rasmussen of the Tampa Bay Rays, Ryan Kreidler of the Detroit Tigers, Griffin Canning of the Los Angeles Angels, and Michael Tolia of the Colorado Rockies are just a few of the other players in the majors who previously spent a summer in Wenatchee. You never know which player on this summer's Apple Sox team will one day find himself playing at the highest level of baseball. To learn more about Apple Sox players playing professional baseball, please visit applesox.com and select the Apple Sox and the Pros drop-down option on the About column. By the end of play on Thursday night, we're going to know who the West Coast League's North Division first-half champion is going to be, whether it's the Apple Sox or the Bellingham Bells. Wadanchi drops the second game of his three-game set against the lefties by a 5-3 score, and Bellingham defeats the Kamloops Northpaws by a 2-0 score. If the Apple Sox win, they automatically will clinch the West Coast League's first half North Division title because even if Bellingham also wins, the two teams have finished with the same record, but the Apple Sox would hold the tiebreaker with a better run differential unless something bizarre were to happen. The Apple Sox run differential is currently at a plus 62, and the Bells are at a plus 33. And that's the tiebreaker to decide which team would advance, and we'll have to see what happens on Thursday. The Apple Sox can advance, can win the first half with a loss so long as the Bellingham Bells also lose on Thursday night. Let's run through the numbers of this one. Wadanchi scores three runs on eight hits, commits four errors, and strands six men on the base paths. Port Angeles, five runs, eight hits, no errors, and six men left on as well. The win goes to Wes Penninger as he embraced the 2-1. and one. Michael Keneally is the loser, 0-1. C.J. Lewis picks up his third save. Apple Sox trailed by three after the first, rallied the quad back with one in the third, two in the seventh, but give up a two spot on the seventh and fall in this game. Their four errors hurt them after they cashed in on five errors the night before by the Port Angeles lefties. So it's all going to come down to Thursday night. We hope you can tune in with us for what feels like playoff baseball. It's still half a season to go, but the Apple Sox trying to punch their ticket here early in July. So we will take the air at 6:10 with pre-game coverage being presented by Kennedy Real Estate Group. And that first pitch is at 6.35 p.m. here on the Apple Sox Radio Network. Thanks for tuning in to the Wenatchee Apple Sox Podcast. If you enjoyed it and don't already, please subscribe to get updates on our newest episodes. Make sure to like the Apple Sox on Facebook and follow at Apple Sox on Twitter or Instagram. Wenatchee Apple Sox Baseball, celebrating summer one inning at a time.